I'm going to talk a little bit about the pastime of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu meeting Sarvabhama Bhattacharya. But as I do, Dr. Joris, could you move somehow? We can maneuver and get him closer. He's going to take Harinam initiation here in this place. We decided this would be a good place because this is where Sarvabhama Bhattacharya essentially had his revelation that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as we discussed, decided to take sannyas. It was utilitarian because he noticed that although he had come to improve the situation here in the material world and bring people closer to Krishna. And that's one of the reasons he actually came as a Chana avatar, covered incarnation. Because in the age of Kali Yuga, when a, an overt incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead comes, then people often say, oh yeah, I'm also God. I'm just like that. And he also... So he came as a devotee, and he was in his Acharya Leela. But he noted that, especially the student community, had become envious of him. And at the time, it was extremely practical to take sannyas, and therefore they would give him full respects. So after taking sannyas, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, on the advice of his mother, so that he could be close, Two rooms in the same house, she said, Navadweep and Jagannath Puri. Devotees always coming and going from there. He would get news of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Puri. And as it turned out, the devotees from Navadweep every year would go from Navadweep walking all the way down to Jagannath Puri and they would stay for three months. So the first time Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to Puri, after he'd taken sannyas, is a story that we'll revisit when we go to Dandabhanga Gopinath. We'll visit the Dandabhanga Nadi. It's a beautiful river which is actually, according to the Shastra, non-different from Jamuna, one of her expansions. It's an idyllic place where we'll have air and we'll see birds and we'll chant Hare Krishna. And at that place, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, asked Nityananda to hold his danda for a minute. And when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came back, the danda was noticeably in, not there. <laughs> it's the duty of a sannyasi in the lower orders of sannyas. There's Bahudak, Kudichak, Parvajakacharya, and Paramahamsa. These are four levels of sannyas. And in the beginning levels when one's a junior sannyasi, one always carries the danda. You notice that they tip the danda first. The danda has these rods in it. For the Vaishnava danda, it has actually, it's supposed to have three rods, three dandi, but it actually has four. So it means body, mind, and words are engaged fully in Krishna conscious. What's the fourth one for? Prabhupada said that means the soul also.
However, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyasa in Shankaracharya's line, and therefore he had an ekadandi, ekadanda. And while he was away for a moment, and the danda was entrusted to Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, out of a sense of, why does the Supreme Personality of God have to carry a danda? He broke it in three pieces. And that wasn't enough. As if that wasn't enough, he took the three pieces and he threw them in the, in the river. The Bargi, Bargi River, which is right there, which we'll see. And when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came back, he said, where's my danda? Nityananda Prabhu made some excuses. He said, oh, oh you were in ecstasy, you fell on it. Dog ate my homework, sun got in my eyes. And Mahaprabhu became externally angry because externally he wanted to show that one should follow all the rules and regulations carefully. Internally he was happy because this spontaneous loving mood of his devotees wanting to reveal him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead was very pleasing to him. Nonetheless, in anger he said, it's too much trouble traveling with all of you. You bring me grief. You broke my danda. It was my only possession in the world. And so he said, now I'm going to Jagannath Puri alone. He said, you can go in front or behind, but you can't come with me. So they elected, did the devotees, the handful of devotees with him to go behind him because they reasoned that if anything happened, they'd be there to bring up the rear. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arrived in Jagannath Puri. And nowadays, if you see, as you're driving in from Bhumaneshwar, you'll see the profile of the temple from a long distance away. Even now, I should say. Now there's a lot of other buildings. Nonetheless, the Jagannath Temple is prominent. But imagine at those times when all there were were some very small huts and the buildings were not prominent around, they weren't significant, of any significance height-wise or architecturally. The, the main building was the temple, and you could see it from miles away. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could see that temple. He came into Puri, and then he went right to see Lord Jagannath. And as he entered the temple, he saw the Lord's form. And out of spontaneous love, he ran towards Lord Jagannath, wanting to embrace him, and fainted on the way there. The custodian of the temple, as you notice, there are various temples we go to, and there are rules and regulations, no socks, no cameras, don't do this, don't sit there. So one of them, one of the custodians who was there to enforce the laws of the temple saw him faint, thought he was some kind of faker, and he ran over to hit him with a stick. And just then, Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, now about Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, he was the minister to the king of Puri. What to speak of the fact that he had tens of thousands of disciples all over India. He was known as the greatest scholar of India. He had uh, written thousands of verses. He was well-versed in every scripture. What to speak of the fact that he had a photographic memory. Once there was a book that he had <coughs> the 
privilege of looking at, and the author said, don't show it to anybody else, this can't be released. And Sarvabhoma, just by reading it once, memorized the whole book. That was the kind of scholar that he was, and the kind of intelligence that he had. So when he saw this 24-year-old beautiful sannyasi faint, he took interest and he came over and prevented the custodian from punishing the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who is punishing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who is lying there in ecstasy. And Sarvabhambacharya, knowing all these various scriptures, had an understanding of ecstatic states. There's a book, Ecstatic States 101. He had studied that and he could understand that there were symptoms. And he got a cotton swab and he put it right up to the nostrils of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he could see it was barely moving. From various symptoms he could understand that this sannyasi is in some kind of spiritual trance. So he then decided to bring him to his house. Here's, here's where we are. We're in the place. And so how did he get here? Descriptions in some of the Shastra, like Chaitanya Bhagavat and Chaitanya Charitamrita, they give various accounts. One of them describes how he lined up his disciples and like a trail of ants, sometimes you see them working together to carry something back. They would pass the golden form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu one to one all the way till they were able to bring him here to this house. Others don't give such detailed descriptions, but one way or another he came here and still lying in trance. Then Nityananda Prabhu and the others had arrived in Puri, had inquired at the temple, had heard about the incident, and then hurried here to the house of Sarvabhambhattacharya and found that their Lord was there in this trance. Not that they hadn't seen that before. So they did what they usually do, and that is chant Hare Krishna loudly, and the Lord was revived. At that time, he met, did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sarvabhambhattacharya. And Sarvabhambhattacharya wanted to introduce Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was concerned about him. He wanted to introduce him to a higher rung of sannyas. There are various levels of sannyas, and he noted that he had taken sannyas from uh, in the Bharati line, from Keshava Bharati, and also that he had kept his uh, name from before, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, had taken the sannyasi name, and so he was curious also what prompted you to take sannyas at 24 years old. He said, besides that, you're so good looking, you're going to have trouble. And people are going to bow down to you. I mean, what possessed you to take sannyas? And Mahaprabhu was very submissive to Sarvabhambhacharya, although the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, especially Gopinathacharya, who was a nephew of Sarvabhambhacharya, was indignant at these instructions that Sarvabhama was giving to the sannyasi because Gopinathacharya was well aware that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was no ordinary sannyasi, he was the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Gopinath started arguing with Sarvabhama Bhattacharya and his disciples who were all there in a group 
and there was this debate that ensued that's mentioned in the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, and they said, as Gopinathacharya said, yeah, he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead, what do you mean you're going to give him instruction? And they said, how could he be the Supreme Personality of Godhead? The Supreme Personality of God is known as Tri Yuga. Tri Yuga means he only appears in three Yugas. And of course, Gopinathacharya was well versed, and he said, Tri Yuga means just the Leela avatar doesn't necessarily appear in every Yuga, but there is a Yuga avatar also. Besides that, he quoted a verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 7th Canto, 9th chapter, and there he How's that verse go? What? Just find the verse. It's, he says that you appear in the form of Nrideha uh, as a human being, as Tiryak, as, as animals, as a fish, and so many different incarnations we know from singing the Dashapatar Stotram. And in the end of the verse, Prahlad Maharaj said he's uh, Chana Avatar. Aha, Itam Nritira Grishi Deva Dasha Avatar. Itam Nritira Grishi Deva Dasha Avatar. Lokan Vibhava Yasi Hamsi Jagat Pratipam. Dharma Mahapurusha Pasi Yuganavritam. Chana Kalau. So Chanak means that covered. And Kalau means in Kali Yuga, Yadababas Triyuga Tasatam. So he's known as Triyuga, Gopinathacharya said, because he's Chana in Kali Yuga. He doesn't come and assert himself as the Supreme Personality of God. And we know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and others said, You're the Supreme Personality of God. And he said, Vishnu, Vishnu, Vishnu. And the argument went back and forth. And at a conclusive point, the followers of Sarbhama said, well, how do you know he's the Supreme Personality of God? He said, I know because I've received his mercy. And you'll also know when you receive his mercy. Otherwise, how can you know anything? And so, <clears throat> Sarbhama Bhattacharya wasn't convinced. And he still had this fatherly feeling towards this young man who had taken sannyas. And he said, here's what I'm going to do for you. You meet me here at my house and I'm going to give you a little education and we'll see about plumping up your sannyas status a little bit too. We're bringing it to a higher level and I'll, I'll educate you. So they came here and that's in this place right where we're sitting. You can see Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sarvabhama Bhattacharya uh, sat there and he instructed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for seven days. And during that time, Mahaprabhu, as you can see the expression on his face, he's utterly stoic. He didn't ask any questions, and he didn't say anything. And Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, after seven days, you might imagine, a teacher is like, Hello? Do you have any questions? Like, no. Uh, are you, do you understand the sutras? He was, he was explaining the Vedanta Sutra. And he said, yeah, I understand the sutras perfectly. So it's just that your explanations are covering their meaning. And Sarvabhoma thought, what? <laughs> what are you saying? 
So then he said to him, so what's, what's you, what do you mean? How do you understand the, the Vedanta Sutra? And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave a very lucid explanation based on Sambandha, Abhideya and Prayojana, all culminating in the relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That means, Sambandha means we have a relationship with Krishna and how does it get established? Through Madan Mohan. And then how do we practice it? What are the practical ways that we follow the path of devotional service? This is called Abhideya. There's a way to do that. And this is the Govindadev deity that one approaches in that mood. And then finally there's the Prayojan, which is the ultimate goal of the practice. And this is Prema, or practicing devotional service, more devotional service, but in the mood of love of God. So, when he heard this explanation, his mind began, did Sarvabhauma's mind began to expand. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked him, why don't you explain something to me from the Srimad Bhagavatam, speak about the Atmarama verse. The Atmarama verse is pivotal in the Srimad Bhagavatam because it explains that it's not an ordinary book. Tadvagvisargo Janatagaviplava. It comes from a different creation altogether. It's not from the material world. It's not it's understood in a scholarly way. It's actually uh, Krishna himself. And the, the book itself is, uh, comes from the revelation of Srila Vyasadeva. So even those who are liberated from the material world are attracted to Srimad Bhagavatam. That's the point of the verse. So Sarvabhom Bhattacharya explained the Atmarama verse in nine different ways. For those who have read the Atmarama verse chapter in the Sri Taitanya Charamrita, you'll see how many ways that Sanatana Goswami uh, was able to pull out different meanings from the Sanskrit and so forth. So there was nine from Sarvabhom Bhattacharya. Then Sarvabhoma said, why don't you say a few things about it, the Atmarama verse. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, without touching on any of the meanings that Sarvabhoma had just given, he gave 18 various interpretations of the verse. And for somebody who's highly learned, like Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, it's this intellectual approach. Just like if somebody's an athlete and they see somebody else, like, he just did a triple flip. And it's like, nobody does a triple flip. And it's like, who is that guy? <laughs> it's not human. So with this intellectual feat, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu knew what he was doing, and he's so much impressed, Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, that Sarvabhama, all his guards let down, and suddenly he, it came into his mind, my nephew is right, this is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And at that moment, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu revealed his form here. And he showed him his form as Narayan, four-handed form. And Chaitanya Bhagavad has it, when he did, he said, do you still think I'm not qualified for sannyas? And he also showed him his form as Krishna. And then there's Sadbuj, which is um, this form over on the right, which you won't get to see because it's freezing cold winter time right now. And they have him all covered up. And we asked last time, to see him and they pulled over a couple inches and like, thank you. So the Sadbuj is the six-arm form of the Lord. What occurred here was amazing. As this young sannyasi, 24 years old, just came down to Puri and messing around, 
converted the highest scholar in India to his brand of philosophy. And he, he was basically a, an immediate convert. And did the word get out fast? Yeah. To all the disciples? Yeah. To King Prataparuja, everybody. It went all over the place that Mahaprabhu came to Puri, 24-year-old sannyasi. He just converted Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. How much did he convert him? So much so that Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, the next morning, Mahaprabhu came back to test him. He went to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the temple early. And he came back here with some Mahaprasadam from Jagannath. And as he was approaching, Sarvabhoma noticed that he was, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was coming to his house. So he got out of bed, offered his obeisances, and then walked outside to greet him, paid his obeisance to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Mahaprabhu immediately handed him some Mahaprasadam. Now there's many instructions about Mahaprasadam in the Shastra. It said, Nadesha niyamastata nakala niyamastatra praptamanam dhrtam shrishter bhuktaram hari abravit. This is uh, quoted in this section of the Chaitanya Charitamrita that if you receive prasadam from Mahaprasadam from the Lord, it comes from a distant place. If it's dried up, stale, or you're not sure about it, you take it immediately. <laughs> This is Mahaprasad. So Sarvabhama Bhattacharya in his before conversion state, he would have had to take a complete bath, do his Sandhya Vandana. This is the, the smartest. They'll sit there for three hours and to put on their tilak. There's like 24 mantras for each marking. You have to do everything just right, otherwise you start over. And now he walks out, he hasn't even taken a bath. He takes the Mahaprasad and immediately honors it. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, he's, he's a Vaishnav. As Vaishnavs, they'll, they'll honor the Prasad of the Lord immediately. And then the next day, Sarvabhama Bhattacharya approached Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he said, I have a small complaint. What's your complaint? It's about the Bhagavatam. You're complaining about the Bhagavatam. He said in the verse, Tatenu kampam susamikshamanu bunjana evatma kritam vibakam, ridvagvapur vir vidadam namaste, jiveta yo mukti pade sadaya bhak. This verse is spoken by Lord Brahma, and it, he says that the devotee has this expectation that he will receive the full mercy of the Lord, and while he's living his life out, the devotee is thinking, whatever comes to me is the mercy of the Lord. Whether it's good or bad, reversal of fortune, IRS calls, it's Krishna's arrangement. And this is the mood of the devotee that's a sadaya bhak that makes him the inheritor of the kingdom of God. And in the verse, it says, mukti pade. And the word mukti is generally associated with impersonalist because mukti means, I want to become one with God, I'm going to merge with God. So after his conversion, he was a Mayavadi, a Paka Mayavadi. And then after meeting Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this word from the Bhagavatam hit his ear in the wrong way. Mukti? I don't like the word Mukti in the Bhagavatam. Let's change it. Mahaprabhu said, um, you can't change the Bhagavatam, but you can change your understanding of the verse. Mukti Pade means the lotus feet of Krishna.
And by approaching the lotus feet, Krishna, as we all know, samasritaye parapalava palavam mahatpanam punya yesho maraide bhavambhir vatsa param padam 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 yad vipadam natesham. One should take full shelter at the lotus feet of the Lord because they're the source of all protection and liberation. And you ought to do it because the material world is vipadam, means any step you take, you can get sideswiped by a rickshaw or any other moving entity in this world. So this is the this was the pinnacle of or the, the ultimate proof that he had been fully that Sarbona had fully embraced Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mood of pure devotional service. And then of course from there the pastimes go on and on and on that took place here in this in this room actually that we're sitting right now. We're very fortunate to be here. Do you have any um, points we'd like to make or questions about the Sarvabhama Bhattacharya's house or about the Harinam initiation before we leave this place? We're a little um, reluctant to leave because it's so nice. Deva Vrata Prabhu and then Radha Mohan Prabhu. I have a question in relationship to something that was brought up in the Japa talk this morning and then also in relationship to this. So we were mentioning about making Krishna consciousness accessible for people this morning through knowing how to package things properly. But then simultaneously we see that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was able to maintain a humble disposition, but then when spoken to with Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, he delineated the proper message um, in a very straightforward way. So what is the balance between these two schools of thought, that we have to make Krishna consciousness accessible, but then simultaneously the message can't be um, compromised in the process of making it accessible? Is in, it's individualized for those we approach and what we're dealing with. We have to judge each case separately. Also, you may notice that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, his timing was impeccable. It takes a lot of willpower to sit there and listen to Mayavad philosophy for a week. And Mahaprabhu didn't say a word. Shraddha, are you here? I need an eyewitness. She was with me in Santa Cruz, California. She can back me up on this. We met this guy when we were out distributing books, a whole bunch of us, and Shredda and I were moving from one person to the next. And I showed this guy a Bhagavad Gita. He was with his 11-year-old daughter. And so I told him about the book, and then I told him about the donation. And that's when he handed the book back, and he went on what is called a diatribe of invectives against us, how we were, that's all we were into it was for the money, that's all we ever wanted. And he was actually instructing his daughter and saying how these people, they try to say God's like this or like that. He said, but nobody knows who God is. And there's no difference between God and this signpost over here. There's, uh, these are just samples, but he might have spoken for, what, what do you think it was, seven minutes, 10 minutes? And we just kept listening. I didn't interject. I didn't try to contradict him or anything like that. It's like, oh, very interesting. We're just listening. And 
after a while, he ran out of things to say. He, he took the book back. He gave me a donation. And then he handed it to his daughter and said, here, you read this. Okay, let's see if it's true. Shredder was there. She never lies. Okay. 100% true. We were standing there thinking. So, you know, it's a timing issue, and it's also we, we have to feel it. You know, when we're talking to somebody, and Mahaprabhu dealt with people in very different ways. When Raghunath Das Goswami asked, what should I do? He said, don't eat anything nice. Just be totally austere. have to understand, Raghunath Das Goswami came from a billionaire family. And he also had this seed of desire for renunciation, and Mahaprabhu just fanned that flame. With others, you know, there's the story of Pundarik Vidyaniti, Mahaprabhu called him father. Of course, in his Gonadesha Dipika, he was the father of Srimati Radharani. Nonetheless, externally, he was the most flagrantly materialistic, opulent person you could pop ever see. And Mahaprabhu worshipped him, you know, and said, he's like my father. So each person is different, and we have to, you know, judge according to time. But the point that Prabhupada makes, and I made this morning about Prakashananda, is that don't make people more inimical. If you sense that by jamming them, that they're going to become more inimical and you're going to rile them up, then don't do it. Be careful. It's not always one speed. Like in India, when people buy a speaker system, there's a volume and then there's an on-off switch. So they turn the volume up full blast, then they break it off and then there's only an on-off switch. <laughs> and if we preach like that, is only on and no medium or low for different circumstances, uh, then we may um, break some eardrums. So I just, my humble realization is that we have to feel empowered by Krishna and we have to chant good rounds and try to feel compassion and don't feel like we're the doer. Try to channel what Krishna wants us to do. Because he does different things for different people. Okay, uh, Radha Mohan Prabhu. Oh, yes. Shama Mohini, who's behind the scenes helping spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. She runs the marketing department, marketing communications and innovations for the BBT. Never puts her camera on. Always just works 24 hours a day. So I pray in this place from Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Sarbhom Bhattacharya to empower you more and more to keep doing your service in such an amazing way. I hope I didn't derail your thought. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure if it's, it's this is the place. Is there a tunnel? Yes. I just wanted to ask if there's a could tunnel. Could you tell us about it? I can I just remember hearing that there is a tunnel. Yeah, it's it's in through that door. There, are, in the old days when I used to come here, we got more liberty to go around and look in here and there. But there's there are definitely secret rooms and a tunnel that goes to the uh, Jagannath Temple, I believe, and. Um, it's there. We we sort of peeked in in it last time. So Sarvabhom Bhattacharya was a big shot. <laughs>
and he had access, you know, different ways. I mean, you can ask Mayapur Chandra Prabhu if he's around here. He lives here, and he's the, like the curator of the place, exactly if, if you want to see the tunnel or more about it. Thank you. Any last points? Questions, comments? Dear Srila Prabhupada, dear Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Sri um, Sadbuj, Sarvam Bhattacharya, we've come here to your house begging for your mercy. May you also enter our hearts and minds and put us on the path of pure devotional service. Please allow us to overcome all obstacles and to follow in the footsteps of the great Acharyas. Thank you for considering our request, Om Tat Sat. Everyone who resonates with this prayer, please say Nitai Goranga. Nita.